Welcome to the Permaculture Pimp Cast, episode 45, that is, y'all. The only pimp cast out there where we discuss permaculture, preparedness, practical living, homesteading, you name it. This episode brought to you by Hickory Ridge Soap from TwoOldCrows.com. Turn that sip into a pimp, and this is the co-host, William. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, thanks, Dad. I didn't even mention who I was, <laughs> went man. straight to the soap. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not, man? They're sponsors, along with... Harvest Right Freeze Dryers, y'all. We got everything you need down below in that description box. Did I get it right this time? Show notes. Show notes. Description box. Same thing. Yep. All right, y'all. Check us out on the fountain app. You still scroll down. You still scroll down. Like on the Apple Podcast app, if you just scroll, like if you click on the podcast episode, you scroll down. It's the same as uh, YouTube. Either way, y'all. Okay, you can check us out on the fountain app where you can tip a pimp. And uh, also leave some questions over there. It's also a really, really awesome, awesome app that you can have on your phone. And basically, it takes a minute to download, and you got a ton of different options. And guess what? We also read your questions on air. Well, when I say on air, I mean in this podcast. We're not exactly live, but we do it all as if we are live. In fact, we might even want to start doing some of that. Eric uh, Sider, just moments before we went live, sent me a text saying, hey, man, you know, you could probably use Skype doing this. So, and huh. I remember. Well, we have, we use that StreamYard too. Yeah. I wonder if we couldn't do that. Maybe that's something we yeah. could do. We can record on there as well. But I'm not a big fan. I know on StreamYard, every time we've done it, it was always in conjunction with a YouTube video. I'll be honest with you. In this podcast realm, I'm really not a big fan of combining the podcast with the video because I don't know. I guess I'm just old school in that way where I feel like, all I think I think a podcast or old radio, I'm still a fan of the old, old radio shows. And I always, you know, as cliche as it is, it was theater for the mind. And I still believe that's so. I believe that to be so still. And I'm really not a big fan of making the podcast a visual. I know that we could get way more legs that way. I know we could do whatever. I just, and I know you can make more money at it. I'm really not all that interested in doing it that way. So I'd be a little bit concerned about doing it thing is, son, the idea yeah. is that they can call in. That's the cool yeah. thing about doing a Skype. And that would so, be cool. Yeah, so we we kind of bounced it around before, and Eric, our friend and technical advisor and everything else. <laughs> yeah, and permaculture um, designer and yeah, all that. Yeah, he's consultant got all... Consultant for the consultants. Man, I'll tell you what, man. He's, he's yeah, we, we consult him. So. Yeah, and if you guys need consultations, hit him up. The link will be in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are reaching out to us. Frankly, y'all, we just can't do it. We are up to our eyeballs, and we're going to explain some of those reasons why here in a minute. Tip of the day. It's going to make sense, too, because we always try to weave a tapestry. Hit up those garden stores, y'all. And what I'm talking about right now, okay, if you plant things the way we do in the permaculture setting, the ideal time for us to plant trees is going to be, depending on where you live, because winter is actually a better spot, and let's say in places like certain parts of Texas and Oklahoma, maybe even Kansas. And then it's in the fall. Um, all your deciduous trees are going to be losing their leaves for the most part. And sometimes the fall is the best time for you to do that. Well, check this out. A lot of these garden centers are sitting on stock that they can't do anything with. 
they're baiting, basically getting into the Christmas holiday. They might be selling Christmas trees, but all those things that they have that they're just, and a lot of times they got to pay taxes on them. They're just sitting out there, depending on the state, they're just sitting out there collecting, well, not collecting dust, they're growing, but here they are in this dormant state and most garden centers can't possibly do anything with those things. Well, you can actually go to them and probably get yourself some serious deals out there because they want to move that stock. They're not... There's a lot of these places not making any money this time of year. Yeah. And I'm not saying go in there and try to rob these people. I mean, you're not. You're not doing that. Look, you got to look out for you, too. And one of the best times, because most of us in America think, and I think Eric and I also had a discussion about this as well, is that most Americans tend to think that you got to be doing all this stuff in the spring. Well, just like we talked about. Well, that's when they sell it also is in the spring. And that's when most people think about it is when the spring in the spring, when everything's starting to bloom and whatnot. Exactly. And the total marketing reason for them to do that, even though it is not, it's not bad to plant in the spring. It's just more advantageous to plant in the fall. That way, everything you plant will put in, put down some serious roots through the fall and winter. Um, I've referred to him before, Dr. Uh, Carl Whitcomb at Oklahoma State. Check out his work. I mean, unimpeachable proof that all this stuff happens at the best time during the fall and the winter. And then when spring rolls around, bam, this tree is going to have a much better chance of survival than if you planted it in spring. And then you get, you know, some wacky weather. It hadn't had a chance to really make it. It hadn't had a chance to nest. But this could be a massive advantage to you when you're going out there looking for the stuff on the discount rack. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, even like Walmart and Lowe's and. You can find some tree, yeah, tractor supply. I've tractor seen some. supply. Yeah, they still have some around. I think. Yeah, they. I was there the other day. I think. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I was there yesterday, on the way back from getting pig food and whatnot, and uh, went in there looking for that very thing. I'm over there, kind of poking around, looking for trees, seeing what they had. Um, some of it, you know, they had a lot of sugar maples and stuff like that, which is fine if that's what you want to put in. They didn't really have anything to speak of concerning blueberries and some of the others, but I have seen it in the early part of fall. Yeah, but there's this other place and I'll get to that in a minute in the farm news. (laughs) There's a place down the road that I went to today. Didn't quite work out, but folks, I'm telling you, if you are looking, it it may be that time of year where you're thinking, Oh shoot, you know, it's too late. Um, I don't have time. That's not the case at all. Go hit up some of these mom and pop garden centers and you might be shocked at some of the deals you'll be able to get. This is what I always do. This is one of those tips. And this really is a tip of the day that you can use. Right now, most people do not know it. I'd say 99% of Americans do not know that the best time to plant your trees and stuff is right now. So take advantage of their ignorance. Nothing wrong with that. Um, All right, let's just jump right into it, son. Farm news. Well, we did a little walk around around this place earlier today. Why don't you tell them what we were doing? We were plotting out, well, we we did it. We plotted out a lot of different things. We planted out or plotted out three different ponds, uh, potential swale locations. Swales. Swales, Swales. locations. Plural. Um, well, yeah, it was plural. I said locations. Yeah. Multiple. Sl- <laughs> yeah, it was It was twice plural. That's what I said, man. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and then also the uh, foundation area for the metal building we're putting up. Yes, yeah, so that's exactly what we're planning on doing. And the ideal thing is, you know, we got to rent some of this stuff. Now, Justin does have a Mini X, but to do it with his is just going to take forever and a day. We're also going to have to rent a um, oh, Bobcat. Skid steer yeah. and a uh, Traco. 
Well, I said the track hose. So, oh, yeah. yeah so also a skid steer. Yeah, so we're going to need a Mini X bigger than the one he has. I mean, it, it's pretty impressive what he was able to do with the one he has. Can't even think about what he's going to wind up doing with one that's bigger. Yeah, he can climb mountains with that I mean, thing. We've he, seen it. He built a terrace on something that was pretty doggone steep. You couldn't even walk up it. No, he, he built a little seat for himself, climbed up to it, and then just uh, like powered forward. And sadly, <laughs> we lost a lot of that footage that you had of him doing a lot of that stuff. You somehow what? lost the footage of him climbing up the mountain. You didn't get that oh, part. Oh, that part. Yeah. yeah. Dang, Dad. Yeah. We have a video. No, I know we got a video, we, but you didn't dang. show that part in the video. You didn't you actually show that part. somehow lost all the footage. No, well, you lost that part of the footage or didn't get it or was just yeah. too mesmerized. But, yeah, he is a whiz that when it comes crazy. with these things. So that's really cool. So we're planning on some major earthworks uh, for a whole bunch of reasons, some of them preparedness reasons. But we're looking at maybe three different ponds, also making a pad. And when you live in this kind of terrain, y'all, believe me, these are, to do any one of these things is a colossal effort. But we're going to go ahead and do that, and we're going to figure out how to, we're going to find out exactly the full extent of what we can do in a week, which means it's really going to be tough to try to do everything else, But because we still got a lot on the plate. But despite doing a podcast and YouTube channel and all the other hats we wear, this is got, I mean, we, we are legit permaculture farmers and we've got to be advancing and through the winter is where we can do some of this stuff. So yeah, that's exactly what we planned on today. So and the cool thing is that the, the building, the water uh, points is going to help provide access to the other parts of our property. As right. Well. That's really, that's one yeah. thing that's really going to be cool is that people think, Oh, I got a pond. Well, I just limited myself access. Not if you do it right. No. No. Not if you do it right. You can be using that damn wall for a whole lot of things. So that's exactly, we're, we're excited about that, but it's going to be a lot of work and a lot of moving pieces and a lot of things we got to do. Like you had to move this giant wood pile out of the way just to even it get. It wasn't that bad. I just looped that uh that strap around a few times and then just pulled drug it. it out. Yeah, just drug it out to that big rock in the field. So we got trees to cut down. We got yeah, some, we have that tree of heaven to cut down. We have that other poplar to cut down. That poplar is pretty tall. Um, And then we have those two mountain cherries to cut down yeah so we get a lot of work to do before we can even get to that but folks i think you're going to love to see it and honestly this farm is also in the future going to be something of a demonstration site and also a classroom and a lot of other things but we got to make room the idea is is that when we finally get this off and running it always drives me crazy that so many people have no idea what a lot of the, when I talk about a swale they really don't know what that looks like yeah and it's not their fault they're just you can't really see it through video very well i mean you can you can get a pretty good idea through video there just aren't very many examples well they see it two-dimensionally no matter what i want to have a place where if we ever taught permaculture design here to when when we get to that part in i can't remember maybe chapter three that we can literally walk out that door go over here and look at a swale how Mm -hmm. it works into a pond how it works into your animal system how it works into your tree systems and so we've got to put in the backbone of this stuff while we still can. So I'm pretty excited about that because when somebody can literally come out here and see what a food forest is going to look like, they can come out here, see what a permaculture orchard looks like. I also want them to see that in conjunction with swales, terraces, everything else. And we got so much to do. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Probably spent more time on that than I intended, but um, another thing we did, we showed you another way of uh, dressing your trees this time of year. We made a video, you can see it on YouTube, regarding 
how we've taken, you know, in the past, I've showed you how I take the comfrey, use it as a green manure to stick down. Then we put our cardboard and so on and so forth. Go check that out. Um, but this time we use bull poop. Yeah, Doing brown this, manure. Yeah, we used it. Yeah, we went from br- green to brown. Uh, so Washington, D.C. this time. Either one will work. You can even use them together. Uh, but, son, I mean, going back to that thing about the garden centers, you know, there's this phenomenon going around, and I think it has been for a while, where, and I think you've experienced this too, you cannot get businesses to call you back. No. You could be trying to give them money. For example, that garden center I was telling everybody to go check yeah. out. Yeah, the, yeah, the one out in Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going out there, and I looked on their website, said you're open. Well, I get out there, there's nobody parked there, so I'm just kind of poking around thinking because it's cold, maybe everybody's inside. <laughs> So I'm out here, I pick out the trees I want, and I was just getting like a couple of, they got some uh, false sand to go there, and they have that one red bud, red bud, a couple of red buds out there I wouldn't mind getting. And then there was a couple of productive trees out there, fruit trees I wanted to get, uh, things we don't currently have. And I sit here, get everything picked out. I go over there, look on the, walk in the shop to go pay for it, and lo and behold, it has a sign on the door, closed Sunday and Monday. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you couldn't, you couldn't make that reflect on your website. I came yeah. all the way out here. I mean, I guess it's not that far away, but I came out there. You got nothing. Loaded up a cart. Yeah. And then here it is. I can tell you I didn't unload it. I can tell you that. <laughs> so maybe I'll go hit them up tomorrow, but I'm sitting here thinking, okay, man, there's times, and I know everybody else has been in this same boat where you're trying to give somebody business. I don't care if it's a plumber. They won't call you back. I know there's a shortage on so many things. But good night, man. These people, I've talked to them before. They're telling me they have a hard time, you know, making ends meet. Well, come on, man. I mean, you got to meet me halfway. I mean, and then there's other cases where there's this little phenomenon, and it all happened after COVID, where it was like a lot of these hipsters were wanting to one-up one another on how how uh, compliant they were. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So you got to wait outside while they build like a glass shield by their front door. Well, it wasn't even that. I mean, well, yeah, it was that. But in addition to that, it ended up being something like, um, okay, even though the mandate or whatever was lifted, which, by the way, I mean, that's that's a whole, I could do yeah. a whole podcast on that alone. Even <laughs> though it was lifted, they were still one-upping these hipsters that own these businesses, these wokey woke wokers, wookie wokers, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> All of them were, and they're one-upping one each, each other on their virtue signaling. Like, I am so concerned about your safety. We're just going to go ahead and impose this on our own indefinitely. And so they were going out of business. And we saw it all through. I saw it all through places around here where yeah. all these super woke businesses, guess what, went out of business. Because, they're. I mean, the people are saying, okay, for example, there was this... Um, it was in a town near us where they have a outdoor, it was an outdoor, they had a place where they sold those burritos. They ran me out of that place. Oh, that yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to say the name? No, I ain't. Uh, they're not in business anymore. Well, they're still in, the, the brewery is in business, but. The brewery is, but that burrito place isn't. It's probably best that we don't name them, but okay. yeah, we had a couple of Nazis up in that place. It's an outdoor place. I go up there to go pick up some burritos that I called in. And uh, they had these, they had some decent California burritos. At first. At first. Yeah. Yeah. Then COVID struck and then all of a sudden it's all, 
I'm like, hold on, where's the California in this burrito, man? There ain't no meat in it. All I got is they give you a burrito with a bunch of a whole bunch of fries. Fries. A whole bunch in the burrito. If you told me how to dug fries in the burrito in the first place, when I tasted one of those California burritos, I was like, all right. Yeah, dude, I can dig this. And then all of a sudden, there ain't no meat in it. And Mm -hmm. it's like a vegetarian burrito. I'm like, hold on, where's the California, man? There ain't what's up with this? So finally I get up there. And they're like, well, where's your mask? I'm like, dude, we're outside. What do you mean, where's my mask? I mean, it's an outdoor, like um, like a standalone kind of a, I'm like, are you kidding yeah. me? Well, Dad, you also found a hack, too. Is If you do a, like a oh, call-in call in. order, yeah. yeah, you do a call-in order, and they make all the food. And then you, sh- you show up there without a mask, and they say, oh, you need a mask. And you're like, all right, go ahead and eat those 10 burritos. That's exactly what I told them that last time. That's exactly what I said that last time out. I I went in there. They had this one guy back there. He's all concerned about his health. and Just now. Yeah, just now concerned about it. And I won't go into what what his appearance was like. But point being (laughs) is that all these Wokies are going out of business because they were one-upping each other. And now they can brag to their other Wokey friends, well, I, you know, I don't know what happened. I just went out of, well, answer the phone, number one. Number two, don't impose idiotic restrictions when the ban or whatever was lifted. It was a self-imposed, um, oh, what's it called? Exile. <laughs> no, like trauma or whatever. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And you had a theory on that, too. Yeah, as- because life is so easy right now that they try to, like, self-impose these hardships because they probably feel guilty about not going through anything. Well, they're about to go through it now because, yep. um, you know, things are getting real. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about, to prepare you for the realness that's about to be, you know, imposed upon all of us. And, you know, we can see it coming. It's a slow moving freight train, but that's what, exactly what we're here to do. Empower you, encourage you and get you on the first thing smoking so you don't have to deal. Well, so you don't have to deal with these morons. So one other, a couple other things I know we were kind of. You know, we're longer in this segment than we typically are, but we took off those tree guards today while while we were, or at least some of them. And that's one thing, folks, when we taught it before, as far as our orcharding and stuff, one area, I gave a big shout out to Stefan Subkoviak and anybody out there, if you haven't seen that video, you ought to, because he deserves far more than even I gave him credit for. He's that much of a genius. Did you ever send him bone sauce? No, I, I need to call. Dang. I need to get a hold of him and Dang. let him. He didn't Dang. tell me he wanted it. Well, send it to him. Man, he's probably going to think I sent him barbecue sauce, man. He winds up putting it on some eggs. Or, he's a Canadian dude. Dang, he's going to put that on some eggs or something and think, oh, send man. Some instructions. Dude, we have instructions. Well, you know, one of his recommendations, and we used it, was taking some uh, hardware cloth and putting it around the bottom of your tree. Keep your dogs from chewing on it. Keep, you know, rabbits from chewing on it. And then we're finding out with the bone sauce on there, we don't even need it. So I started taking those off as well. So another shout out for that bone sauce. Freesteading app is up and running, y'all, and it's off the hook. I got it. Oh, there's an app now? Yeah, they just oh, came wow. out with the app. And well, actually, cool. I'm a little late to the party. It came out days ago. But freesteading.com, y'all. That's where you ought to be. I'm going to try to be a lot more active over there. Um, we still got tons to do around here, but I'm getting better at managing I'm not quite as upset about the text messages as I once was. And I know it had more to do with the, um, it had more to do with the elections, man. It was driving me nuts. And I think I'm finally decompressed enough where I don't have to worry about that. But one last point of information I want to make everybody aware of out there. Um, Farm Where You Live event. Fantastic event. In fact, probably in the top three of all the events I've ever been to. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, um, coming up pretty soon, uh, March 4th, 
I mean, they really hit it out of the park on their first one. Yeah, their first one, man. They really they there were things that happened that they couldn't control. Yeah. And man, I'll tell you what, the second time out, man, they they put that thing so far in orbit it wasn't even funny. But we will hopefully next time do a lot more to help them advertise it and maybe help others to do the same. And also, you know, we'll we'll point it out, we'll pimp it out on freesteading.com and all those other places. But they got an event coming up and my man Ben, holla. And along with Meg, um, my sister from another mister. Yeah, I heard that was somewhere. I anyway, bet. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I bet you did. I thought I, I, it didn't sound as good as it did when I heard it. So saying it sounded a little bit weird. But um, anyway, Meg and Ben are going to be doing a, a pig processing class. I'm excited for that. And that's going to be on March 4th. So, folks, if you want to buy tickets, uh, go to the Farm Where You Live website. Or you can check them out. They got a Facebook page. You can check out either one. I'm sure it's going to, they are very, very professional, wonderful people. Josh and Megan, his wife, how they do it with, you know, they're raising kids they're raising, you know, doing all these wonderful things. And at the same time, putting on some bomb events. So folks, you want to get over there, get your tickets for that. And uh, I think later in March, I think William and I are going to be doing, I, I know they're still in the planning phase of all that too. Um, William and I are also going to be probably doing a more extensive version of what happens then. Um, I know Ben is a formidable autodidact along oh, with his yeah. kids. I mean, man, he's honestly, I don't know that I've ever met anybody that learned something faster. I mean, you and him might be neck and neck, son, when it comes to the ability. And Justin's up there, too, definitely, as far as how quickly you guys are able to process information and be able to put it to work. But um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Ben doing a class. He's, he's got more than enough knowledge to be able to teach a pretty darn awesome class. And because he's learned from so many different people, um, I'm really interested in seeing it, what he ends up coming up with because every butcher develops his or her own, her own style. Yeah. There's a way of doing things. And then just by doing it, you find out, well, Hey, here's a shortcut here. Or, you know, I like it better if I do this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really interested to see how, um, he, he's going to learn probably more than the people he's teaching in so many different ways. And I'm really excited, man. I couldn't be more excited for them. And Meg's going to be in on it too. So get your tickets over there. I think it's going to be a pretty small class. So you don't want to mess around. Get those while you can. All right, son. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it on into the world news. I know we spent a lot more time on that than I intended. Um, man, have you heard about what's going on in China right now? No, what's going on? Man, these people are blowing it up. Um, apparently, I guess there was a fire. They've been locking these, basically welding these people into their apartments and whatnot. Yeah. Fire mm -hmm. breaks out, killed a bunch of people. And now, man, China, China is, man, my heart goes out to these people because I, I heard somebody in the past say something like, well, it's on them. That's what they get for not having guns. Well, if you think that way, let me just say there's a difference between the Chinese people and the communist party. Just like maybe, maybe look at it this way. If you're one of those people thinking that this is just what they got coming. And I got to believe by and large, most people don't believe that, but it would be like saying that all of America deserves it because we got these idiots running things in Washington and in local. I mean, honestly, the John Q American people that I know, and you know, they are really good down to the earth people, the people listening to this podcast and the people, you know, they're wonderful people. It's our government that are the polecats. Yeah. It's like, 
It's the same as saying, I mean, Joe, Joe Biden represents you, you just as much as the Communist uh, Party of China represents the, you know, Chinese people. Perfectly stated, son. I, I don't think I could have said it better myself. And the same with all these other regimes out there. So I'm hoping, man, I mean, I know there are certain uh, people in the, I don't know, a certain parts of the information space out there that are saying, oh, it's begun. It's all going to turn around. Nope. Ain't believing it. It may turn around in China, but I got news for you. I ain't saying nothing. Nothing in America nope. is going to change until people are starving. And you heard it here first. I mean, that's the level of depravity in which we are. They can even mess with your kids and nobody's willing. Nobody to do cares. Anything. Nobody yeah. cares. Nope. I mean, now there are, I mean, the people in this listening audience clearly care. Obvi- yeah, obviously these people. But I mean, for the majority of people, they just, it like glances there or they just, bounces their vision and then it's done right there's no i've said it before and i'll say it again you know maybe these people in china are waking up and man in brazil they're still turning that place upside down over the well they're not tearing anything up by and large but they're making it known that hey we're not playing you stole our elections it's obvious um bolsonaro won every single province except for the one place and you're saying this new clown is the president and uh, they're not happy with it in China. It's finally gotten to a point. Hopefully, I hope they overthrow what's going on there. I mean, our CIA has done a lot of wicked, diabolical things throughout this planet. And I've been doing a lot of study on that lately in my in what little free time I have. Yeah, that's what I do. I study these things in my spare time. Um, boy, it sure would be nice, boy, if there were some interests. I wonder how much of that is actually even real. Like how much of that being reported is actually real. You mean in China? Yeah. Yeah, I wondered the same thing too because you can only, you know, there unless you're seeing it with your own two eyes because having worked in the media space before, man, I've seen it with my own two eyes where I was literally there when the story broke. I was there on the ground. And then when I saw, and this is just local news in places like Oklahoma City and Kansas City, places where I was very, very close to that thing. And I saw the the manipulative manipulated way in which it was presented, and mm-hmm. it was a lie from start to finish. And I can tell you chapter and verse on how I know because I was there at the local level. So imagine how many filters it went through before, like from China to us, how many filters it's gone through. Exactly. So. Exactly. All right. Next, check this one out, man. Washington Post, and they're they're basically saying why? Okay, salted ants, ground crickets. Why you should try edible insects, son. You looking to make that part of your food pyramid? It, I mean, as like a novelty thing, I'll try it. As like a, I mean, okay, like salt and pepper ants. I guess that'd be cool to try. I had like an ant lollipop one time or something like that. But not as like a main protein. I mean, you are a horrible farmer if all you can turn up is ants and uh, worms and stuff. <laughs> well, I forgot I'm asking the wrong person on this, y'all. He will literally eat anything. Yeah, they're saying far less greenhouse gas required and much less land and water than conventional livestock. So what, you're telling me these guys are livestock now? Nope. It doesn't count. No, I'm not. I'm not with it. I'm that, not with it. That livestock is what supports my livestock. There you go. My, what the crickets, the other white meat. Yeah. I don't think so. Your yeah, livestock eats my livestock. There you poop. go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Check this one out. Okay. So man, I actually saw this with my own two eyes. Um, you know, been on this earth a little while and I usually know what black Friday looks like, but the latest reports are black Friday. And this is a quote, 
uh, Black Friday was dark indeed for retailers. I mean, almost nobody out there. In fact, they were saying that they couldn't even do um, some of these uh, media outlets couldn't even do their typical Black Friday, Black Eye se- session. That's they, what I was noticing. Yeah, there was yeah. nobody out on Black Friday. And the whole weekend, almost, in fact, in fact, I went down there. Um, there's some friends of ours. I'm not going to name them right now because they asked me not to for the time being. They run, one of them runs a bakery. Very, very successful bakery. You can go by there any Sunday, Saturday, whatever, and people are lined up out the door, freezing yeah. cold. It doesn't matter. They are there. Well, I got up there, and I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe they're not there because it's um, – I, I talked to the chef there, one of the chefs we know, mm-hmm. and um, I was speaking to her, and I said, man, what happened in here? And then as soon as I said it, I said, oh, I guess you know everybody's still you know reeling from Thanksgiving. She said, no. That ain't, I don't know what's going on, but um, no, it's not Thanksgiving at all. It's not as a result of Thanksgiving because any other time after Thanksgiving, you know, by the time Sunday rolls around, you know, people are, I guess, wanting to go back to eating whatever it is they eat. Right. And there was literally nobody in this place. So she ended up telling me about the new place. Well, I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself on what they were doing, but y'all, it was, I mean, if you read this article, it's basically saying that this is like a nosedive for what's about to come. That wow. people basically cannot afford. Um, they just basically can't afford Christmas. I guess that's another way of looking at it. I want. Well, no, I, I don't know if it's that yet or if it's like everybody just shops online. And especially after these past two years, everybody only shops online. Well, it could I be think that. that's largely it because everybody does like cyber deals now. Well, they were also talking that it's not even about the shopping. It's a lot of women bond during this time and they go out and they're looking for the deals and they're, you know, they, they didn't attribute it to any of that. They're saying, yeah, you know, there's that cyber Monday stuff, but, um, that's really not the case here. I, I don't know. I, don't I think know that's for sure. what it is. I mean, I wouldn't doubt that that plays a, a, a giant component, but they're in this article. They're basically saying that, People are just having enough trouble putting bread on the table yeah. right now. To prove my point, and this is going to prove it for sure, you bought three sweatshirts online from a YouTube ad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if dad's buying clothes online, ain't nobody going to stores. No, nah, no, nah, dude. And I've been critical, very critical. of. I always asked your mom, how do you buy shoes online? And this just confirmed he'll never do it again. Yeah, you better believe that. <laughs> Yeah, if y'all seen that video, man, that was the most. That I gave that stuff fit three heads. Well, I gave all three of them to the Goodwill. Um, oh man! Some lady, some very nice lady, was asking, "Hey, you know, I could have a place for him. I wish I'd have held on to him, but I gave him to the Goodwill, and um, I'm sure there's some. I'm I'm sure plenty of hood rats out there would love to be wearing some of that gear, but it did not <laughs> at all look like what it did online. I'm like, man, that ain't ever happening again. I put that stupid hood on. I look like a freaking Jedi, man. Walking around here looking like. You can only see your own feet. That's I'm like, for sure. what is this, man? I thought it was some kind of practical joke. And I'm like, okay, they just messed this one up. And then the the print came like pre-faded. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like everything was hazy already. It didn't look like anything. And I'm like, man, I spent a hundred bucks on three of these. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should have got. I didn't know. That things- should have been the heads up, dad. Well, I don't ever buy anything, so it sounded like a reasonable price to me. I thought it was like a little inexpensive. 
I had no idea what things go for these days because a, I very seldom buy clothes. If I get anything for years, your mom always just picked it up somewhere and I just put it on and that's what it is. I mean, I just, I'll never be accused of following the dictates of fashion. No doubt on that it's score. Doggone sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm a farmer. I don't care. Um, although, Dad was wearing solid green yesterday. Yeah. Everything he had on was just solid green. Man, there's just things in this world I can't make myself care about. I mean, and no matter how much I try, I just don't care about that. I mean, the things I do care about, it seems like nobody else cares about. So maybe that's just the way I'm wired. I used to fight it for the longest time, but... You know, I'm getting pretty comfortable and just not caring what anybody else thinks about certain things. Um, okay, here I got a, I got a few of them this time as far as other news, um, and and I'm saying all this for a reason. It's all weaving a tapestry. I hope Tulsi Gabbard, um, big fan of her. She was a uh, congresswoman from Hawaii. She's sitting here asking, you know, why is Biden and the rest of Congress sending billions to Ukraine? While tyrannizing Americans with the IRS army. How about that? Yeah. Oh, so, she just switched to Republican as well. Well, she dropped. I don't Didn't know. She? she made herself a Republican. She dropped oh, out of I the Democratic Party. But, I mean, I really don't even care about party affiliation right. these days. I mean, I, I was a fan of hers back when she was a Democrat. Um, I, Democrats, Republicans are all the same to me, especially as a registered libertarian. I really don't care about either party. I'm all about that Constitution. And... Judging by what I saw, Tulsi Gabbard was one of the biggest champions of that more than anybody else. I mean, I'm a big fan of the stuff she was talking about, Um, and I still am. You know, she's actually one of the real truth tellers out there, at least so far as I can tell. I'm just waiting for her. It's like every time you start liking somebody, man, I'm just waiting to find out that she's really there's there's things in her past that give me pause. I'll I'll admit. Um, but so far I like what she's saying. You know, at the end of the day, if a, if a notorious liar tells the truth, well, it's still the truth. So this last one here, man, and I got to point this one out because we are champions, uh, in the fight or we do everything we can to fight child sex trafficking. Even Chuck Tucker Carlson is on Fox news and he came out and I couldn't believe he actually said it. He said, this time we talk about the elite pedophilia problem. How about that? All right, that just saved his face. Yeah, so you don't want to beat him up so bad now. That <laughs> just saved his face. Yeah, yeah so would have come in last. You minute. were talking about how you wanted to put him in a five-minute flurry all of fists, right. and all of a sudden, Tucker redeems himself. No, man. I mean, right, really, man. this is, folks. If you really examine this stuff all the way back from the Franklin scandal, I mean, the list is long. It's not just Epstein. Maybe that maybe made it a little more. Um, Mainstream, yeah, people like Corey Haim or Corey Feldman, yeah, you know, telling you the number one problem in Hollywood has been and has was and always will be pedophilia. These are some wicked people, y'all. The stuff that they are, the unthinkable things. When we pray every day, I pray that the good Lord brings these kids to safety and brings these people responsible to justice, no matter the cost. No matter if it means me living under a bridge for the rest of my life, I will do anything to get these kids out of this situation they're in and the unthinkable things that happen to them is unbelievable. But you know what? I got to give a shout out. I got to give a profound, profound thank you to Tucker Carlson for pointing all this out. Yep.
Another jam, son. Well, last episode, you said you wanted to do all Gap Band this episode. Yeah, I asked you if you put Burn Rubber on there, and that's it. It See, okay, Spotify is weird on their songs then. Um, like they on some of the older songs, because that's not what it was called on on Spotify. Well, it has like a there's like a bunch of different names well, for like the a, same song. Well, it's a parenthetical title, if I remember right. There's more to it than that. But then again, I'm not exactly, you know, an apologist for the Gap Band. So I don't I don't fully know. Anyway, what a jam. All right. Into the main topic, y'all. You know, we're, we're, everybody's thinking, not everybody, but there might be a certain segment out there that are thinking, well, it's getting cold. What can I possibly do? We kind of hit on it earlier. I just want to expand on it a little bit more. Um, you know, a lot of people are wondering or they're thinking they can't do anything this time of year. And I'm hoping through the YouTube channel and also through this podcast, you're maybe rethinking a lot of that stuff right now. Because right now, some one of the things they could be planting. Oh, well, plant, well, that that's gonna that's gonna largely depend on their location as far as the planting. I mean, besides trees, generally, if you're in the northern hemisphere right now, you can probably start planting trees. Um, but as far as I mean, well, let me let me expand on that. You could be putting in trees, all kinds yeah. of shrubs. Um, remember what we talked about in that tip of the day, hitting those garden stores. This is exactly what I'm getting at: trees, shrubs. You still put in garlic. Um, all your bulbs, your tulips, daffodils, stuff like that. And there's a yeah, whole you bunch can be more knocking out a large part of your guild right now. Exactly. Um, in preparation for, you know, whenever it starts blooming and stuff like that. Right. And then another thing in conjunction with that, um, two of the big times where I like to really mulch definitely, definitely before winter gets into full spring, I like into full before winter really starts expressing itself as winter. I like to go out there in the fall as soon as I'm able, and I put on one massive mulch ring, no matter where it is. It's a lot easier after everything kind of dies back, because then you can get really up close to stuff. Right. So if, like, shrubs and whatnot have, like, their leaves on, then it's a little harder to get there or to get to the base of them. And you're going to see things with the leaves off that ordinarily you couldn't see. Yeah. You can't see, you know, if you're going to do some pruning out there, you can't necessarily see the entire structure of everything. Not as well as when those leaves are off. And then you can look at it. I mean, you could be planting all this stuff right now. Folks, don't miss the boat. There's a lot of people thinking that, oh, I got to wait till spring. I hope I'm, I hope I've done a good job at this point of explaining that you don't have to wait. Okay. So let's say you don't have a garden center near you. Check out Etsy. You'd be shocked at what you can find right there on Etsy. Also, be careful on Etsy. Yes. Yeah. It make sure that the make sure that the supplier is coming from America, and see if you can try to contact the supplier beforehand as well. Because sometimes they'll say it's uh, coming from America, but it's actually shipped from Iran to a place in America, and then that place ships it to you. Also, check out your universities, your yeah. ag universities. Right now is another good time where you could be hitting them up. About, you know, there's there's times I remember back up in Kansas, um, they didn't have a whole lot in terms of fruit trees. They did have a few cultivars you could get of, let's say. If they're native. Right. Yeah. If they were more native. They do native varieties. They had tons of pawpaws and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you could also get a lot of fodder trees up there. You could be putting those in. A lot of, uh, sometimes nitrogen nut, fixtures as well. A lot of nut trees. 
yeah. depending on where you live, depending on where that ag university is. I know we kind of halfway covered that before, but I'm trying to give you every possible place you can go to get some of this stuff. Craigslist. I mean, believe it or not, there's a lot of people selling really good stuff out of their houses or out of their garages at this time of year. And you might be able to get a killer of a deal on a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So your trees, your perennial stuff, man, you could really be going pedal to the metal to quote that last song. <laughs> Put the pedal to the metal end, burn rubber on me. I guess. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, you didn't you didn't stick to the course, but yeah, you get the point. No, right now you'd be putting the pedal to the metal on getting all this stuff. So check out Etsy. Check out some places on Craigslist. I mean, is it always, is it going to be your best? Bring a friend on Craigslist too. Yeah. <laughs> Just bring a friend. Yeah. I doubt there's a scammer out there like, yeah, I'm going to pretend to sell these trees and kidnap oh, okay. somebody. But. Yeah, I was looking at it in different terms, man. I was thinking you might, oh, okay, so you're thinking somebody's going to wind up in a just out of safety. Pit. Yeah. Craigslist is a little sketchy. Yeah, you could go up in somebody's house and then wind up waking up in a pit with somebody saying, throw the lotion on his skin or something. <laughs> could be, yeah. Or missing a kidney in a bathtub. Yeah. There ain't no telling. I mean, these days, you yeah. You could be fertilizing the tree. Yeah you, yeah, you may have more involvement in this food forest than you ever <laughs> yeah. knew. I mean, this day and age, I mean, tis the season, you know. Um, Got a new hoogle mouth. There you go. I mean, there's... Uh, Hey, Jimmy, what you doing over there? Oh, just fertilizing the garden. No, but I mean, keeping it real, though, there are all those things that you could be putting in right now in terms of guild and in terms of your maintenance. We've talked about the pruning. That was one of the things we covered last time out. Whether or not you want to do that, well, in conjunction with that, find everything you can. I mean, let's be real here, y'all. Part of the news stories we just read a little while ago dealt with upheaval and shortages um, you know, this whole thing, I mean, you don't even, I mean, you could even go to the drudge report for crying out loud. And they're openly admitting that this whole thing is about to fall apart. Here's why I keep going on about some of this stuff. The beauty about a perennial crop or about tree and or fruit and nut crops is that it's passive food production. You ever think about that? That a lot of people don't recognize. For some reason, most homesteaders miss the boat when it comes to trees. Yeah, they're they're thinking, okay, I got my annual crops out here, but they're still going to the store. When you're you're not realizing, I had somebody think before it was back in doing a consultation in Texas one time near, near Sherman, and they're like, well, if I put these trees in here, I'm not going to be able to grow any vegetables. No, that's not true. Yeah, you can have a crop. Instantly, I mean, a large tree either. Right, but I'm like, as you're waiting for that tree to become more mature guess what you got these aisles and lanes all throughout here and that's exactly what you can be doing you could be setting this up right now but this passive food production you know granted you go put a tree in the ground right now yeah it's going to take a couple of years before you get it off and running depending on the tree but when it's up and running for crying out loud you've got a massive and that's the beauty about a permaculture orchard Yep. is that instead of getting that harvest, let's say you got that apple tree, okay, so you're going to get a harvest in, let's say it's late September. Well, what if I had myself uh, 10 apple trees and I could be, and depending on, you could set this up that way where some apples come around in, let's say, mid-September, then late September, early October, you get the point. You could set this up to where you're you're doing it around the clock. Same thing with your uh, peaches. Yeah. Okay, so instead of you got early, mid, and late, 
Why not set it up that way? Same thing with the blueberries. Same thing with everything else. And it's another little trick I got from Sub- Subkoviak. Yep. Stefan Subkoviak. Stefan Subkoviak. Exactly. One of those little tricks there is where he sets all the stuff. And it's a beautiful system. We haven't set it up that way, but I love how he does it because his is a you pick. Yeah. So everything that's going to bloom in, let's say, the first week in August. It'll all, trees, shrubs, you name it, will all be situated in the same area. So people aren't trampling 10 different areas to get that. I understand why he does it. The more I think about a U-Pick, it seems to be the only way to go. It is, because at the yeah. end of the day, you're still selling it for about the same price. You're, no, you're, you're selling it for better because you're... That's right. Like, the people picking it aren't necessarily picking top quality, but they're all paying top quality per pound price. Absolutely. Plus, they get the that pleasure of going out there... Right, and they get the pleasure of going out there. You're, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's marketing. An experience. Right, it's marketing as much yeah. as anything. Like a lot of these uh, apple orchards, you know, they always have a little. It, I mean, it's not even the apples where they make most of their money. I would bet the bigger money is selling apple donuts. Yep. The apple slushies, apple this, the apple cider. That. Yep. I mean, yep. apple turnover. Lord knows they got their money out of me. Yeah, this they time. did. <laughs> but the point being, and that we're trying to really point out in this whole podcast here is you could be planting a lot of those a lot of those things fruit and nut that are going to be gifts that keep on giving where with minimal effort I mean it does require some effort but in comparison you put a lot less effort in raising that tree than you do let's say a chicken absolutely so yeah. it's it's as passive a food production that you're ever going to find other than picking manna off the ground. Right. You don't <laughs> get You can still pick this off the ground. Right. <laughs> right. And then, you know, you just, you learn more and more things and then you find out, um, a lesson that was long and well, it, it wasn't hard or long for me to learn. It was like, okay, so maybe you don't have a coddling moth problem with that tree. Maybe what you have, maybe it's not a genetic problem. Maybe your problem is your soil isn't good. Hmm. Yeah. Fukuoka one one that's what he's talked about from way back. So you're finding out that when you do all these things in conjunction with one another and you have your animal systems, you find out that, you know what? You have fewer problems in terms of when your soil's on point and it's doing what it's supposed to do. Those critters, those little critters can't really take a foothold for the most part in a lot of your stuff. But once again, it's all working like the fingers of your hand. All these things work together. That's the beauty about setting up a system like this and planting all these things. So don't listen to anybody that's telling you, oh, you got to wait till spring. No, 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 you don't need to do that. Right now, we've, in fact, we've done it before where I've seen the differences of something, let's say I've planted in the fall or even the dead of winter compared to something that I planted in the spring that requires yep. way more babying because it hadn't had a chance to put down any roots. Yep. And depending on where you live in places, let's say like Texas, where you can go long, long, long periods without water. Well, you're finding out that you're giving that tree, that shrub, everything else a head start by putting it in that time when it's dormant, where it's putting down all that work. So think about all those awesome and wonderful things you can be planting right now, son. You got anything to add to that? No, I think we hit it. All right, y'all. When we come Plant back. Plant your guilds. We're going to be into it.
Well, not exactly my favorite Gap Band sec- son. You should let me pick out the music for well, this because I know all the Gap you Band You were messing jams. around. I wasn't so messing around. I picked it. All right, straight into the <laughs> Q&A. All right, so th- uh, Mom actually brought this one over. This is from, uh, oh, man, I don't even know how to pronounce your name, dude. You don't have enough vowels in there for English. <laughs> uh, it, he's from uh, Portugal. Um, but he had, he was purchasing Comfrey and he was wondering if we could ship it to Europe and stuff like that. But he also had questions for the pimp cast. And, uh, he said, what is it like to run a homestead as a family and how are decisions on the farm made as parents with William also having a lot of expertise? Are there often disagreements would be interesting to hear more about that. No, not nothing at all. I mean, it, it works perfect. Every time. Yeah. Okay. No, no, we got, we got major. See, it's not like disagreements we've had in the past where here's the problem we ran into the past in, in the past. Um, when we would be teamed up with other people and particularly family members, it was depending on who you were teamed up. There was this ego thing and there was a, we would have fundamental differences in just about every place we had ever worked based on um, technique. What we, I guess what we argue about the most is like what makes the most sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what we argue. It's not about ego. It's about like, okay, yeah, it's really about that. It's what makes the most sense. Right. But where, when you mix, when you mix different, families together doing this kind of stuff and you're all not coming from it because all you, me, you and your mom are all permaculture designers. Yeah. So we all have that. It's like, we're all speaking the same language from the word go. And we all have the same work ethic for the most part. And we all have different sections in which we specialize, but we cross train one another. Yeah. We have some knockdown drag out sometimes, but at the end of the day, you know, love prevails. And me as the patriarch of this thing, it can be tough sometimes because um, you're trying to figure out. I'm usually the one trying to figure out the course of action. There can't be 10 people all at the same time saying we ought to do A, B, C, and D. That can't happen. You have to have one person in charge of whatever that project may be, depending on what a project is, depends on who's in charge. Like if it's something in the garden, let's say Michelle's going to be running things. Or the high tunnel. Right. It's going to be her, basically, and she's pretty difficult to work with in certain things because she wants it a certain way. She's very specific, but she's not the best communicator in the world when it comes to a lot of this stuff. And she just doesn't want help with it. Most of the time she just enjoys doing it and just wants to do it herself. Right. So the notion of being out there with her sometimes can be a pain because she is not, she doesn't delegate and she's not even trying to delegate. No, she's not even, but that's not in her that she's not great at that. In fact, maybe none of us really are, but yeah, we do have our, we have some major disagreements sometimes and it gets frustrating and, um, we, we work through it. We, but I'm telling you what, it's 10 times more difficult when you have major egos involved and I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but that's the biggest killer right there. The number one, I'll be honest with you, the number one biggest problem I've seen in working, not even with your family, not the family I'm dealing with now, but when you have an extended family in there is honestly somebody who thinks that is absolutely sure about what he doesn't know and wants everybody else to do it. And the problem I have, and this has historically been a problem with me, 
I know this is kind of longer response than you than you intended, but the truth of it is, one of my major flaws is, and I don't care if somebody was paying me for it. If you're asking me to do something that I know is patently foolish or just downright stupid, yeah, I will quit that job. And I've done it. I mean, I've done it many, many, many times in the past where you're asking me to do something that's unnecessarily dangerous or just flat out stupid. Like, I mean, son, you know some of the stupid things we've yeah. done in terms of farming because somebody else was insisting on it. Oh, knowing yeah. Full well that it was a failure from the word go. Yep. And just to keep the peace, we went along and did it. But guess what? You know, we all come from that, from this, we all come from the same permaculture angle around here. So I'll tell you what, it helps that we all speak the same language. All right. Yeah. I got one here. Um, <laughs> Robert, he says, hi, Billy and William still loving the pimp cast. Here's a poem for all the listeners. Roses are red, violets are blue. Taxation is theft and inflation is too. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And he says, oh, yeah, my request, more David Allen Co. We'll see if we can make that happen. Boy, that's a jam right there. I got a, another comment saying, can you drop a link to that deer antler velvet? <laughs> yes, we can. Didn't we do that last year? Yeah, show? we did, and it'll be in this show note too. <laughs> well, who's asking? Tote, Dodo. Okay, now, if you're a lady... I don't know. Michelle didn't have the best response with that stuff, but I mean, even though it's supposedly women can use it, but for some of the guys out there, man, some of you guys are leaving some pretty interesting stuff, man. Okay. I don't know about all the other stuff it does, but really you don't have to tell me how you're doing more on six foot of mattress and a monkey on 60 foot of vine. <laughs> I really don't need to hear that homie, but uh, yeah. So, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Kenneth, um, a lot of people were giving me a lot of help regarding these freezers and um, Mr. Swad, how did you, Kenneth Sword? Sword? Sword. Is that how it's <laughs> like pronounced? The Wu-Tang Clan, yeah. Okay, Kenneth well. Kenneth Sword. Well, he was telling me, hey, man, um, you know, he under, he understands a lot about this stuff. Yeah, and I got a multimeter. So, yeah, a lot of really awesome advice in terms of how to deal with some of this uh, planned obsolescence. Eric Sider's got a comment. He said, like Chris Rock said, Americans worship money and all we... And we all go to the same church, the church of ATM. We revere billionaires instead of seeing them as they really are, resource hoarding sociopaths. If I had a billion dollars, I'd set up $1,000 million uh, demonstration sites. I would, you know, I'll leave it up to any billionaire to do what they want to do, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with, man, I would absolutely love to do that, but not everybody has the ethics of Eric. Right. Like we found out, you know, you wind yeah. up, like a lot of these farmers around here, if you were to give a lot of these people grants, and I'm being completely honest here, and I'll tell every last one of them to their faces, if they couldn't survive oh yeah, unless they had, I mean, they would not even be in farming at all if they weren't getting grant after grant after grant. And there's nothing wrong with that. But honestly, I would be well, highly selective. It I, means you're getting, like, you're... There is something wrong. I with would, that. you know, if if let's say I were a billionaire and or a millionaire and multi, frankly, I would never. I I don't know. I'm I'm not saying there's any and there isn't anything wrong with that per se, um, but I would say that for me, my own personal ethic is, I would be highly, highly, I would give away a ton of that money to people that I knew, not somebody that just woke up one day and said, oh, I want to be a permaculture farmer. If you had some acumen and some demonstration and you had some, yeah. if you demonstrate the fact that you do work, because I'll be honest with you, a lot of the folks I've met in the permaculture circles that I've seen, man, 
Most of them are freaking bums. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, man. They I don't are. know how to say that any other way. Not every Eric will Eric will go out there and he'll work. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the very few that I've because a lot of people speak permaculture in these mountains. A lot of people here, nobody yeah. in Texas understood permaculture. You can go into a grocery store, bring it up, and I guarantee people know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then when you talk to a lot of them and you look at what they got going on, for the most part, man, they got a little bit of kale going out there and it's some little hippie commune where they're all walking around naked. Permaculture is a diverse garden to them, which is, I mean, which is fine when you're starting out and stuff. It's just that is, it's like they do the bare minimum to claim that they're doing it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, but I'm 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 right there with it, man. If I had all this, if I hit the lottery, I don't even play the lottery, but if I did, honestly, one of my big things is A, I would devote a crap load of money to A, first and child trafficking. Yeah. Child and uh satanic ritual abuse, all that. Um Well, if we were billionaires, I think that we could just end that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We could it, just end it if we were billionaires. Yeah. All right. So there's all right, Joe. There's the there's the freaking goal. We need to become billionaires to end this trafficking. Well, I don't need to be a billionaire for that. I mean, we just need we need the will to want to end it. I mean, but I'm saying if we are billionaires, then we have to have gotten to that point. I think we could just decide to end it. Well, I'll tell you what. Until we get there, until we hit that finish line, I don't think I ever. I'll tell you what, I will give away. That's the finish line is my point. There you go. I, and I would spend every dime of it. I, like I said, I was not overstating when I said I would gladly live in a dumpster if it meant saving one child from this uh, wicked, wicked undertaking. All right, I got one here. Um, William, you might want to check this. He says, I've heard mentioned before that reeds can be used to filter gray water. Can you tell me what they are and how it can be done with the reeds? You've actually lived in a place where you did that. I haven't. Yeah, it um if you just look up like a gray water reed bed, it'll give you exactly the like the schematics for it. But in Australia, they have all their gray water go into basically like it's piped into uh I think it's a concrete box and it has like a bunch of rock in there and a bunch of they might I don't think they have any soil of any kind, but it's just different size rock and then they plant the uh reeds in those and um I think you can use there's a variety of grasses you can use like clumping grasses, I think. And um it just cleans the water before it goes out to the other side. Like the plants, the roots suck up the nutrients, cleans the water, then it goes out the other side, and it uh, won't stink that way either. Now, if you don't do that, and we've done it that way before, if you don't put it through a reed bed, it is going to, even if you dump it in the swales, it's going to have a little funk to it. Yeah, it's a little funky. You need to have some sort of, either need a, a carbon source to sequester it, or you need like a plant eating it. Yep. And then he also says, uh, now a word of caution, feeding raw uh, pig scraps to your dogs can be dangerous due to trigonosis. Um, yeah, um, totally aware of that. It can be dangerous to you, too. Um, that's why with a lot of these wild pigs and even pigs in general, it's generally advisable that when you when you do any of this stuff, you want the reproductive organs at the bottom. So you want to do it the opposite of the way most of us do. You want their, instead of their head facing down, you usually want the head facing up. That's what, that's what, um, you know, some of the recommendations are, uh, to avoid trigonosis. Yeah. There was a song. It reminded me, there was a stupid song. <laughs> I knew a girl, she had some trigonosis. The girl was pretty, but had some halitosis, <laughs> ate a cupcake. And yes, it was a hostess, ate the hostess and the hostess was, the, it was a stupid song <laughs> where everything ended in osis. I'm like, Really? 
Yeah, this was, yeah, that's a whole nother thing altogether. What do you got, son? Got one from Rob G. Oh, y'all, this is all from the Fountain app. Everything I'm reading off is from the Fountain app, by the way. Um, This is from Rob G. Hey, Uncle Billy and Cousin William. Thanks for 44 episodes. I've spent time tractoring pigs over a spot I want to make a food forest. Little did I know that a black walnut tree would not allow that that to happen. I am probably going to cut down that tree. How long should I wait to grow anything thereafter it is down? Keep up the great work. Man, I really don't know. I don't know I'll either. Be- um, I would say... I remember Jeff Lawton telling us about these trees that were planted whenever, uh, like, um, Australia was first being, like, I guess, colonized or whatever. But they were building up these schoolhouses, and they would always plant these huge shade trees in front of these schoolhouses but the these huge shade trees were allopathic i can't remember the name of the tree well they're just now starting to die back and um once they die the native the seed bank is popping up where they were and some species that were thought to be like wiped out are coming back through the seed bank um but i can't remember how quickly that turnover was i remember it happening like fairly quickly I think within a year. Well, I know I, re- I can think of a one place where it was clear cut back in Kansas where they had a bunch of black walnuts. And, um, well, it was at your uncle's place. And yeah. a few of those were chopped down. Now, I mean, those black walnuts were everywhere around there. Oh, yeah. And there was some species that did, types of grasses that did grow around those things. But in areas, I remember, I can't remember what the time zone like you, I can't remember the span of time, but it did I don't recall, but I don't remember it being that long. But that's something I truly don't know. Something that could like probably help increase your chances is um, do exactly what Dad did in today's video with the, with each tree. If you're going to plant a new tree in that spot, just uh, do exactly what Dad did. That would give the tree the best chance of surviving. Yeah, it's it's. I honestly, that's going to take some research, and I really don't know the answer to that. But I'm sure somebody does. Um, got one here from Rhonda. Good morning. Hope you and your family had a great Thanksgiving. We did indeed. Thank you very much. And I hope you did too. And everybody else wanted to know if I could dig up comfrey that I planted in the spring and put it around my fruit trees. And I just, um, I just plant it or do I just wait and I just plant it or wait till spring. I'm in central South Carolina. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I'll be honest with you. You could do either at, this rate, depending on how big that comfrey is, I mean, if it had leaves above the ground right now, um, you could still dig it up and you can divide it and you're just not going to see much response until spring. If I were you, unless it's a major, major, major concern, I would wait until spring before you do it. I'd let it be a little more vegetative, but there's no reason you couldn't do it right now. We've done it both ways and, and have had absolutely no problem doing it. I got a question from Lee. Um, can you guys repeat the website for Cardio Miracle and the person behind it? Thank you. Uh, the website? Yeah. Son, that's your domain. Don't yeah, look at me. Yeah, that's in the show. I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, I imagine if you just look up Cardio Miracle supplement, um, who's behind it? I really don't know. Um, Eric, that was another thing he texted me earlier about is saying that you can make some of this stuff homemade. Um, it's basically the, the, the thing that's supposedly really helpful is the nitric oxide in it. Yeah. And, um, apparently there are some natural ways. I didn't know that. And Eric, I mean, he's the consummate researcher Yeah. and he told me through beets 
uh, beetroots or something like that, beetroot powder. He even gave me a link to it. I just haven't had a chance to check that you can make your own. Now, this stuff ain't cheap. I'll be the first to admit it. In fact, um, I even reached out to him today to see if, because honestly, yeah, I reached out to him. I said, hey, man, you know, um, would you guys be, we'll see if they contact me back. We'll see. I I was reaching out to him saying, hey, um, do you have a deal that you can offer these listeners? I'm telling them, I mean, we haven't been getting anything out of it. I'm just telling folks, hey, this stuff seems to be working in a massive way, and I couldn't be happier with it. Um, so what, you're going to link that down below, I guess? Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. Okay, uh, this one says, Billy, I hope your communi- you got over your communications issue. Um, I was wondering your opinion of using different mints as ground cover in the guild. I know they're highly invasive in a container. Um, if they're not in a container, um, let's see here. I would say, yeah, if you need the ground cover. It's um, man, I don't know, man. That mint can get out of serious control. But look at our strawberries. Yeah, I I know, but you know, the the difference is is the way that that strawberry is like low, low, low to the ground. I'm talking like two inches off the ground at most. There's mints that'll grow that way. Yeah, if you can get a variety that stays very low, maybe you can get some creeping varieties, and you can use it as like a border. That's what I would use. Yeah. But see. The beauty about these strawberries is even though there's a mat down there, you could still go in Fukuoka. Like he would grow mats of, uh, let's say, uh, clover. Yeah. Yank out whatever clover he wanted, put whatever he wants in there. And that's exactly what we do concerning the strawberries. I don't know that that's possible with mint because I've never tried it. Your mom's never put it in anything outside of a pot. Well, and, yeah, but I, I'm sure you could just use it as like a border plant. Keep the like if I you're trying to careful. keep something very invasive away, like uh, some some types of grasses, like Bermuda grass and stuff like that. You could probably use it to combat that. It might do that, but I really don't have a good answer. I would I would be very cautious about it. Maybe um, try a test spot. You know. I've never tried it that way. There because, isn't a test spot. <laughs> well, the you reason have it or you don't. Well, the reason I don't, I, I would see how it grows. I would see how the root structures are and see if there's some way you could kind of contain it and then do an experiment in which, let's say the root only goes down eight inches. Well, I'd put it in a 10-inch box or a 12-foot box that they can't get out of, you know, and then I would take pieces of it and see if I could put something in its place like Strawberry is a lot of different because it runs, you know, it runs and yeah. you just avoid the clump, pull it up and then easily put whatever it is you want in there. So you have this ocean of strawberries and then you can have stuff come up out of there. I don't know that mint's going to work that same way. And plus, the reason why I don't mind it so much with the strawberries is number one, it's covering the ground. Every time I've been, tra- I went down there pulling up strawberries to transplant in other areas, every single spot where those strawberries were, soil looks great. It yeah. looks absolutely great, but it's also in such a clumping pattern that it's easy to do. I don't know that it's going to work out so well with mint. So, I mean, if you want to give it a shot, I would be very, very cautious, and I would definitely test it out first. Um, what else you got, son? Uh, why all the – and I, it's user 828. Um, why all the hate on Asheville? Just curious. Perhaps living in California, I'm uh, desensitized to it. Five more years until my contract is over, and then I'm moving to North Carolina, Tennessee, or Nevada. Um, I wouldn't call it hate. I would say what I don't like is what I've seen change. Asheville, before COVID, 
In fact, uh, Sean the Modern Yeoman actually talked about this. I don't know that he ever did it on video, and maybe I shouldn't have even mentioned it here. <laughs> but I'll, I'll just say it the way he and his wife put it was that there was an Asheville pre-COVID, and then there was Asheville after COVID. Yeah. And the two don't even, they're not even related. Like the the restaurants suck, the food and the service all suck. And that was one of the main draws to Asheville. Was yeah. that they had a really awesome food scene? Yeah, um, yeah. It's just yeah. The the people in Asheville completely changed too. Yeah, it's like that change has happened, and it's never completely found itself again. I don't know if it's that way with other other cities, but I'll tell you what. It was like it made the woke people go into a absolute tailspin. And it's gotten to the point now where if they're not careful, the homeless are going to take over completely downtown. Oh yeah. It's it's really really bad where I'm seeing people walk stepping over people to get in some really really nice restaurants. They're camped out there. It's just going to wind up like San Francisco if these folks aren't careful. It was just two very different places and now it's just it it just lost its mind. And yep. sadly, it's going to take that like I always say that crucible of really hard times um to get this sort of thing back. Okay, um, I'll have to condense this because I know we're coming down to the wire here. Old McDonald's basically saying he's got some Russian... In a nutshell, he's basically finding out that with this comfrey, he's looking up and doing the research and finding out that basically the FDA, everybody else is saying liver toxicity, this and that. And um, he's finding out it's a bunch of junk as well. Yep. And he's and in a nutshell, he's saying, hey... Um, <laughs> He's like, look, if it came from the FDA, man, I'm going to be really, really cautious about the work or not the work, but the, um, the advice they give regarding anything. And I hope yeah. everybody does. I mean, if it's, if it's linked up with the government, y'all, they're not doing what's in your or my or anybody else's best interest. Okay. Jason also, um, I guess this is in response mostly to the, um, video we did regarding planned obsolescence. He was talking about roundhouse makes really nice stuff. They're based in Oklahoma, yeah, I knew a lot of guys working in a trade. Um, he's also talking about Duluth. He gave some really awesome stuff. Some of this stuff I actually use, like Duluth and Darn Tough Socks. They make really good sp- socks. And uh, a bunch of others. And then he was talking about these commercial freezers and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, this... And he calls himself <laughs> a wimp. W-I-M-P. Woodworking is my passion. <laughs> so um, that that cool. is definitely cool, man. I like to hear that. Um well, there's, do you have more in that fountain episode? No, that was the last one. Well, I got a whole bunch right here. Um, well, dead. Well, I well I have to wait. Well, I, I got to get to them now, but um, just want to give a shout out to Kimberly. I, I was wanting to get to your stuff, but she was very thankful about all the stuff she did. She's got like 26 fruit trees, blackberry bushes, blueberry bushes, muscadines, cloves, onions, all this awesome stuff set up. Oh, wow. Man. And then she even, you know, she sent some really awesome pictures of everything. Kimberly, a shout out to you. I mean, it gives me such joy to see so many people doing some really awesome stuff. Um, man, I I just couldn't be more I, I, I couldn't be more pleased to see all this stuff. And then we yeah. got one here from Bobby, man. She was really covering, I mean, it was really awesome. I could I wish I could read the whole doggone thing. Um, but she talked about, and her husband had a really awesome response to this. She says, I've recently learned about all you, uh, uh, learning about you guys and listening to your podcast in order. Just finished uh, 42 and was perplexed about why there are three Holocaust museums and yet not none for the Native Americans and the other atrocities that happened in the U.S. She said, my husband's really smart when it comes to this real, real history, so I asked him about it. 
And he said, quote, if they built museums for Native Americans or the like, then it, they would be admitting that they were just as bad as the Nazis. That's a good point. Boy, good night, man. Wow. I mean, that was as poignant as it gets, man. I was like, wow. That is that pretty. That was pretty good. Wow. I mean, well, and if you look at it, okay, so if it was $6 million by the Nazis, well, I mean, good night. I mean, we dwarf that by many magnitudes here in the United States of Amnesia. Yep. And if we don't have museums, hmm, closest thing I ever saw to a museum was up at the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, and that ain't much of a museum. Wow. I mean, man, you talk about the depravity, uh, not depravity, it's just, oh, man, it's just an awful place uh, when you see how some of these folks are living. Um, we got this other one from Sharon saying, uh, another quick question. My husband and I want to start a non-homestead channel. Um, she's, she said, basically, they're wanting to start a YouTube channel and was wondering if we could recommend someone to share the steps. Son, is there anything you want to offer to anybody wanting to start this? Uh, she says, we think we need a camera, computer, and all kinds of stuff. What? I'm definitely not the person to answer that, but what would you what would you say to them? Um, I mean, if you have, I mean, use what you have already. Because, I mean, if you're not going to do it with what you have already, then you're not going to do it with the brand new equipment either. Like, we still film every YouTube video with uh, our iPhones. Yeah. Um, the only thing we've really upgraded were computers. And that's just because we started doing like larger videos, um, more work on the computer and stuff like that. We allegedly have a drone that we yeah we have a drone. Use. Yeah, we never use it though. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have to. Yeah, yeah, definitely with what we're about to film. Yeah, yeah. So we got a lot of good stuff out there, y'all. Uh, Think- check out Sean Cannell though. Think Media. Yeah, yeah. That's a good place to start. Um, Sorry I couldn't go into more detail about some of the other questions everybody else had, but thank you so much for checking us out. Remember, y'all, you got to get out there and in order for, because of some of the things we say, we are not going to be heavily promoted by some of the powers that shouldn't be out there. So we're going to have to rely on you. So everybody tell everybody you know about there what we're doing because guess what? We're teaching you to stay alert. Stay alive. I'm